0: The number one financial destination, Yahoo Finance.com.
1: what's good internet it is monday november 12th and you are listening to waypoint radio episode 202 i'm your host austin walker and joining me today rob zachney hello hello patrick klepik
2: go
3: bears
1: i don't have a third thing here because both natalie and danielle are out for the day as is here on, on the wheels of steel uh but but he's not mic'd up i don't know i don't think um
2: how's everybody doing this weekend Bears are in first place, and like I think, are significant contenders to win the division. Uh, I don't think we're a first round playoff elimination the way we're playing lately. No uh, way. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to believe. Uh, and I don't know. I was just, you know, you may have heard oh. me. Uh, this is controversial, uh, yeah. Austin, but uh, <laughs> I think Mitchell Trubisky is an elite quarterback. <laughs> quarterback. People heard, need to say his name with a little more respect. If I uh, type in
1: "elite been. quarterback," do you think his name will come up on the in the internet? Uh,
2: yeah, it just defaults on.
0: Just
3: what like actually does what, is, what does Google default to if you just type in elite quarterback?
2: Probably Let's still see. Joe Montana, Tom Brady,
3: uh huh, Drew Brees,
2: yeah,
1: Ben Roethlisberger.
2: Okay, I'm not I'm not like saying that. I'm gonna but... keep going down this list. Aaron uh, Rodgers,
1: sure. Matt Ryan, no. Philip um, okay. Rivers,
2: okay, yeah, underrated. Yeah,
1: I can give, yeah underrated. Uh, and Alex Smith. Are the, oh, come are the, on. I'm putting... <laughs> see, this that is, is thing, what I'm like, looking at right here. I'm taking
2: Mitchell ahead of Philip Rivers. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah.
1: that's Those are the images that appear right here. Sure. Um, I don't talk about sports because the Eagles lost to the Cowboys yesterday. Yeah. And that is the worst feeling I could they have. They didn't look good either. They look like, bad, it, was a, it wasn't a good
2: loss. It was a bad loss. It was loss.
1: rough. I, it's... uh Ugh. It's been a rough year. It's fine. This I kind of this is my I'm I feel good that it's been a rough year. I couldn't stand it if the Eagles had won a Super Bowl and then come out and been like eight and zero, nine and zero. Like it would kill me inside because that's not who the Eagles are. I know no. who the Eagles are. The Eagles are like up by 20 in the third quarter, lose the game. And then the next week down by 13 in the third quarter, win the game. And then you even out with like a mixed record. You get in on a wild card. You get further into the playoffs than you think. And then you play a team that's substantially better than you. And you lose. That's the Eagles I know and love. And I'm ready <laughs> to go back to that. That's great. That's great. Is this sports. <laughs> I love this.
2: It's, it's so weird to me. Uh, like, watching football this year because it made me realize the degree to which I've been conditioned to feel almost sick with dread every time a Bears quarterback like dropped back in the pocket. Oh yeah. Like it it was weird. Like Bears football like has kind of been miserable most of my life. Mm -hmm. And particularly on offense. Right the
3: Jay Cutler.
2: Right. And so like I was just conditioned to like kind of hate when our offense was on the field. And it's so weird like this year to start to relax and feel confident and get excited when the offense comes out, and I was like, "Is this what like Packer fans and like New England fans have been feeling for you?" E-? Like, <laughs> well, I, or is this what it I is? Truly just to enjoy don't even know what it is like, yeah, I I
1: can't even imagine what it's like to be confident in your team in that way. I think like last year's Eagles were really really strong, and so there was like a degree to which by the end of that season, when I was actually starting to watch again, when I was like. Alright, I'm the, the child in me is desperate to watch this, even though the adult in me hates the NFL for a number of reasons. Yeah. I'm going to let myself enjoy this. Um, I it took me a while, but eventually I was like, yeah, you know what? Like this like pre-injury, Wentz was just a joy to watch, and then eventually Foles became a joy to watch. And that like joy overtook it. And it wasn't like, you know, when I'm watching if I'm watching basketball, if I'm seeing like the Golden State Warriors play. It's just, it's just fun. Everyone's having a fun time on the Golden State Warriors all the time. I don't think I'll ever have that in football because of a lot of reasons, Mm -hmm. Um, but mostly because I'm rooting for a team that's, that's not, like you just said, like has such a long history of disappointment of like every play being a chance for catastrophe that, that it's hard to shake that, that kind of, that mode of, of, of viewership. Speaking of disasters and catastrophes, Rob, you've been playing Vampire, and I'm not saying that game is bad. I want to be clear, but that it's game does—it's not. I hear it's good. Uh, it kicks off after a catastrophe, right? It's like in the middle of a, a major epidemic in in England.
2: Yeah, uh, Vampire opens right as World War One is still going on, uh, but the pandemic, the Spanish influenza, is starting to uh, make itself like internationally known, right? And but this is kind of the, like, gothic horror fantasy game version of the Spanish Influenza. So, like, you know, you the game opens in a mass grave and, like, apparently London I is starting to fill up with with mass graves. And, like, I am not sure it... I'm not sure it got quite as, like, oh, it's just bubonic plague time we're burning bodies in the street uh, with, uh, with the Spanish flu. But nevertheless, you open in a mass grave and you're all you know, you've been left for dead and you're all jacked up and you can't like the world's grayed out. Your character's just like stumbling around. Like he just woke up after a bender and it's like, I'm just so, I'm so hungry. And it's like really kind of creepy. Cause like, and this is, this is where you really fuck up. You see, you see a woman except she's represented just as like a beating red heart and arteries flowing through like a, a human form. And, uh, you eat her you're a vampire now and you just you just snack and it turns out oh no it was your sister and she was looking for you because like where's my brother ben and that's kind of that's how the game opens up is like not only do you like get turned into a vampire uh but you're a vampire who's like thrown into just this like absolute nightmare like your life is destroyed at the outset um but you're also made like an accomplice to that destruction Right. And so it leaves you in no doubt, like, can you be one of the good vampires? It makes that a lot more freighted, I think, early on by, like, showing you who your character is, like, back against the wall, most desperate. Right. What your character will do, how inhuman uh, your character can be. And then from there, I gotta say, like, this brings to mind a lot of what I loved about the early Witcher games. Hmm. Uh, When, like... Patrick RP- made a face when you said that. No, a face. I, I, I was, was looking at your hair.
1: Oh, yeah, I pulled a feather out of my hair just now. There's a feather I want to make it clear. Yeah,
2: okay. It's molting season <laughs> it uh, is. at the, at the walk, Walker Household. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's like, imagine an RPG that doesn't have to be 100 hours long. Doesn't have to have, like, uh, 60 dream. hours of side quests. What if it's just, and it doesn't have to have, like, a world that's, whose whose square mileage is also measured in the hundreds like this is just a really like dense rpg set in a series of like small pretty well realized neighborhoods and has a really manageable cast of characters and you just go inhabit that world and go try to navigate the dilemmas you find there which i think are also really gratifyingly Small scale, human scale. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's implications early in the game that there's some overarching like end of times plot that maybe you have to maybe you have to be trying to, to avert. But most of what you're doing is this is this kind of um, you know the plague is overtaking a neighborhood and there's rumors of like a, a free clinic there that's mm-hmm. sort of operating off the grid. But nobody will talk to you about it because as far as everyone else is concerned, you're kind of a rich, established doctor. Like, you are not going to, like, nobody presumes you're going to be on the side of like ordinary people. Sure. And so, there's an entire chapter of the game that's about gray market medical care uh, for people who can't afford or can't get spots in proper hospitals. Um, are these people like they're stealing supplies? They're getting supplies off the black market. They are blackmailing people to finance their operations, but. At the same time, they're servicing a community that literally has no one else mm-hmm. uh, sort of carrying that burden. That's kind of what this game, that's the zone where this game largely operates. It's, you know, you there on the street dealing with these sorts of issues at the scale.
1: And you're you're finding the, like, the stories, those little micro stories that they're telling, you're finding these kind of human-sized characters all fairly compelling so far. Now you're making a face. <laughs>
3: I, yeah that's a real
1: face <laughs> patrick help me this out for here. Me, like that's gonna be like that's that's so both of you it's, played this game now yeah i played it when it came
3: yeah it came out hit. this summer and also note it's from don't nod you know the life is strange right. folks i think right i don't know this for sure but my guess is like there are multiple teams there and there's like the life is strange team and i my guess is this is like the team that worked on remember me the the under sort of like underrated right sci-fi memory uh capcom game from a number of years back um Because this is way more in that sort of vein in which there's, you know, a fair amount of combat that is a little, a lot hit or miss. Um, But it's just sort of there. Um, And, yeah, I I found, it sounds like, Rob, you kind of backed in this in the same way that I did where it was like, it just, for a while, like, I couldn't really articulate what it was about the game that I found so... Interesting, like, I am, like, by nature, like, attracted to games that are ambitious but flawed, and just trying to, like, dissect, you know, what it's trying to do, and what it fails at, and what it succeeds at. Um, But, like, this game is, like, incredibly charming. Like, the writing is, like, it's not great, but it's, like, good enough. And I think it also falls into the same category of, like, when we describe games as earnest. Like, I think Vampire is a very Mm -hmm. earnest game. Like, it is. But way more competent than Cthulhu. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, that's we're... an
1: interesting thing, right, is, like, now you have that to compare it to, which we did not earlier this year. It's kind of, like, similar genre, similar space thing.
2: Not yeah, space, yeah. but you
1: know what I mean. Yeah, not yeah, outer like, space.
2: Cthulhu is, like, charming and inept in a lot of ways. I would say vampire is mostly pretty competent. The writing is not great, but it's, like, decent, and the a- the acting is also serviceable. It's all,
3: it's all, like, in the right
2: direction. It feels yeah. like,
3: so, like, whereas with Call of Cthulhu, if they were suddenly given, like, million, like I'm not sure much changes in that game, right? Like maybe it's like technically more interesting, aesthetically more interesting, but like I don't know that it like fundamentally changes like the failures of like the mechanics and and, and some other parts that don't really work in that game. Whereas Vampire feels like it's a game that's like bumping up against a ceiling that is like largely resource driven. It's just like they're doing a lot with what they have and probably trying to do too much but in a way that you're, like, rooting for them and then you're surprised at, like, what they pull off. And, and also, even though they're being ambitious, like, within their own constraints, like, they're working within their strengths. Like, I do think those, like, community-driven stories that you find, like, when... Like, I, one of the highlights I think I wrote in my review is, like, and I, I think this is later from where you're at, uh, Rob, is, like, you know, like, these interactions you have, like, with sex workers, from, like, the the conversation trees are just, like, really interesting and branch in all sorts of fascinating ways that you're, like, wow, like, this game is just it's operating on different levels that it definitely doesn't have to given it's sort of like, you know, B movie premise, but like it really digs into that and tries to tell like some really interesting community driven stories that I, I just found myself rooting for the game and and really excited by some of the stuff that it manages to pull off um, often despite itself.
2: And I like the degree to which there's um, almost like a, Like a doctor, you're like literally you kind of end up making the rounds at points of this game. Yeah, there's first of all there's an overarching uh, like metal layer where you have to every neighborhood has different like health qualities. Uh, like basically neighborhoods can tip over the edge and become completely overwhelmed by the flu or the vampire plague, and I don't know what happens at that point. Probably nothing good. Probably that neighborhood like becomes sort of monster central. Uh, but you can sort of prevent that by intervening and making sure people like get proper medication. Uh, and so there's that element of the game. But also I just really kind of enjoy the way this game doesn't totally set aside this premise that you are a vampire who was also a physician. Who is hired by like some member of a secret society that's like, aware of vampires... But also you were sort of installed as like a resident medical practitioner at a hospital and like part of your job is to actually do that. Like it's not just this is this is a front for your vampiric operations. Like literally there's this weird like homey quality to when you come back into the hospital district and you go back and you start like checking in on your patients, talking to the staff Um, Because the game like layers in the identity that the character
3: has and it's woven deeply also into like the way the conversation structure like evolves over time in which like you're uh, unlocking these clues from other conversations that open up new uh avenues in previous conversations and like oftentimes that is related due to like medical investigations that you're conducting for various members um you know there's like interesting bits where uh you're trying to solve some sort of like medical conundrum but like you can tell that people aren't giving you the information straight like they're lying to you and then like in the environment like you'll stumble upon these little spots where like as a vampire you can kind of like hide out and like listen in a conversation and like that gives you you know, information that leads into the, it's just like a, they being a doctor is just not a, it's not a veneer. It's not not an aesthetic. It's like, it's built into the, to the gameplay and the meta layers in a way that makes the role playing part, like really, really satisfying. And especially when they start pulling at various tensions between the fact that you are in your previous life had been like a rich hoity toity doctor. (laughs) And now you're out here working with people of lesser means. And there are times when the game like pulls at that tension pretty successfully, where just like you do get decisions that you get to make but there are times where the game forces you into situations that are like by nature like what this kind of character would do because they would look down on the strategies that these
2: kinds of people might take in order to survive uh, or, or make do and something else that I enjoy here is that so this is a game set in you know you call it the very end of you you would say this takes place at the very end of like what we think of as like the aesthetics and look of like Victorian England really we're past that we're even past like Edwardian England but nevertheless like it still has that you know fog hanging over the streets gas lamps everywhere electricity just starting right, but like, right, right you're right. used to these aesthetics being kind of embraced a little bit uncritically I guess a, a little bit like that that whole steampunk aesthetic problem of "woo, we love the Empire uh, I say, you know I say Chauncey uh, that that kind of stuff. And something else I enjoy in this game is that one of the major threads in this game is that immigrants exist in this world. Like, hmm. world, Europe has been torn right. to shreds, not just by war, but, like, years of unrest and revolutions leading to this war. And there's already a massive, uh you know underclass of immigrants and laborers who are already living kind of off off the grid who are already being exploited by existing systems uh in the country and your character sort of inhabits this border space between what you'd call like institutional power legitimate institutional power in in england at the time and then also the people who those systems have excluded and I think mean, it's just cool to see a game playing with this material, but doing so in a way that doesn't that doesn't shy away from the fact that like a lot of these clashes, a lot of these uh, issues around immigrant communities and uh, you know how they are treated. They aren't new problems. This stuff recurs, and they've always been there, right? This is always part—like, it's not—like, Whitechapel is not just where a bunch of people in Cockney accents are, like, going around <laughs> being like, Oi, Gov, think the Ripper's back. Jack the Ripper. Yeah. yeah. It's not that. Which like, is what it's, Call of Cthulhu would have done. Right, right, right. Instead, it's like, no, man, like, Whitechapel is—yeah, there's some people like that, but mostly it's, like, Eastern European refugees who've already lit out because their countries have been, like, overwhelmed by war. That's like most of who you're going to find there. and that's a cool departure from a lot of the stereotypes I associate with this setting and the genres that tend to employ it. Have you gotten into any of the
3: like one of my favorite parts of the game at least early on it's a it's a it's a gameplay mechanic that doesn't really pan out in the second half nearly as much but like part of the the, the tension in the game is that in order to upgrade your character you need to feed and yes you can right you can get, you can get a, a certain amount of blood from like the like random enemies you find but it's not they're like worth that. like that 50 100 points it's not it's not going why to why are you they worth any...
1: such so little blood what's wrong with them why don't we're usually fighting blood?
3: vampires so it's like
1: uh, okay i got gotcha. i mean I,
2: I don't know how much blood is in of a you know i don't know, you know how that actually works well, you're you know? Know? also you're fighting a like you're, you're fighting like <laughs> anti-vampire rent-a-cops Okay. And like you can only get a little, a little, a little slurp in a little combat, slurp but like you can't like drain them. You can't fucking right. go Capri Sun on their yeah. asses. Well, you're yeah, you're usually like slashing yeah. them up with your claws. Yeah. Anyway. so you're kind the of the you're already fucking them up. Out there. Yeah. And also, so, I
1: bet you once you expose blood to air, it's not as good. You got to get directly from the blood bag into you. Yeah, it's, you, it's like wire.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's like you you want like you don't have the air out. You got to drink much. from the bottle like yeah. wine. Yeah. Uh, but Patrick, you were saying.
3: Yeah, so, like, one of the tensions is, like, you know, you'll meet different characters. And so, like, what what the game really smartly does, uh, and this is, like, such an interesting tension early on, is that if you want to – the combat – if you play in the normal mode, they've since put in a story mode that sort of, like, sidesteps a lot of this stuff. Um, If you want to sort of, like, keep pace with combat and also have, like, a a variety of of options in front of you, you need to find people to eat. And these are not just – Random people on the street, these are NPCs that you've spent time with. Maybe, right, right, like, right, right, hours right. of time with you. Maybe you've solved something for them. Um, and so what the game smartly does is, like, you know, surface level, it's not clear whether... You know, what you want to do is figure out, well, who's the bad guy? Like, who, who are the people that we can sacrifice and feel, like, all right about getting them off the street? Maybe I'm actually doing everyone a favor. And, like, surface level, that won't always be clear. But if you spend the time to, like, do the investigations, to, like, really dig into people's stories you will often find contradictions that will make you go, all right, like, you're a dick. Like, like, all right, we're just going to move on with this one. Um, that requires a lot of work. That's not clear up front. I remember my first kill was not one that I felt great about, um, but eventually it was just like, in order to move forward, I'm going to have to make a choice. So I was curious if you'd gotten to
2: any, any of those systems so far. So I've mostly... Uh I'm starting to feel the real pressure. At first I was like, oh, I'll just do tons of quests and grind the XP and I'll be fine. But yep. each time you go to sleep, the day clock advances. And a lot of like checkpoints that are set up or like places that are infested with enemies, they will be much higher level the next time you go through. And so like, yep. I thought I was ahead of the power Ooh, curve. But you were And not. then I slept. And now, yeah, like I've gone to this place. I was like, okay, this neighborhood should be, neighborhood should be easy now. And I'm, like, in a fight Yikes. for my life. Well, in order to in, you sleep, the, the way the sleep mechanic works is that in order – so
3: when you do process upgrades, you have to sleep in order for those upgrades to take hold. So you can't just, like, keep spinning your wheels, like, on the same day. It's like if you want right. that, uh, that health upgrade, that strength upgrade, and that cool new ability, so, well, then you need to sleep. And it's like not only do the enemies get stronger in certain areas or, or certain areas deteriorate, but – um like certain side quests can go away like if you if you come across like an ambient side quest and you don't take care of that if you sleep well that's just gone when you when you sleep um so there's all these like little things like tensions the game is constantly pulling at to make you feel uncomfortable especially early on
2: yeah so i've been feeling that pressure where I'm like i got to feed like i got to mm-hmm. i got to i got to eat and the problem is, I haven't found people I dislike enough. Like, there's this one dude definitely that's going to get eaten before this game is over. Uh, <laughs> is he the, is he the, the priest? The, the,
3: the, oh, there's the priest. Uh, I want to remember, like, out in front of the hospital, there's a guy hanging out by the river.
2: No, the game, like, tries to get you just to just eat that guy. And, yeah. like, I'm like... I don't Are you not going to take a... the bait? No. No. <laughs> like, I'm going to learn more about him and see whether he should be Okay. In. All right. Uh, sure. Fair. But, fair, like, fair. I got... I, it's it's sort of like a... Let's... Like farm raised, like I need to know this. Like, who is this this thing that I'm consuming? Did have a good life? Hopefully not, because I want to feel good about ending it. Uh, But so there's there's a shitty priest who's like Spanish influenza is because of your sins. I burned down like like uh, a tenement because it was full of like foreign sinners, and I'm like, I'm gonna eat you. She's I don't have the I don't have the mesmerize ability to take him yet. Uh, you have I to think level a, up your... Unfortunately, Rob, I think you're that is such a late
3: game mesmerize. I think you're going to have to find. You're going to. I know Do you
1: move away from an area, you
3: can't return to area. No, you can. Yeah, there, there okay. are I think four uh, primary areas, five primary. But areas. I'm a and long way
2: from being able to like mind control. You're a
3: very long like I think he's yeah. like a mesmerize level four or five, and it's five. just like, yeah, yeah, you're. It's sorry, Rob. It's not going to be that easy. You're not so, going to be able to. Eat, you're not. So that's so the way that the way that like the curve on that works is like. The first half of the game is a lot of fun because it it is forcing you into, like, compromise. Because situ- it's like eventually you need power and you need to upgrade. And so then you start looking at people and so say, well, I don't know. Are those investigations things I'm going to solve, like, late game and then I'm going to be able to wrap around to right. it? Or do I just need to, like, you know, just just compromise with this situation and go? Like, you you the second half of the game you end up getting enough objectively evil people that it's just like I didn't have to pick any of the the coin flips anymore gotcha
2: Um, but early and I. so I wish the game had pressed me harder on that because there's this shitty old lady in the hospital who's like a resident patient and she never fucking leaves but like the first thing she said to me is like oh why are you asking these questions doctor is it because everyone here is incompetent and nasty oh the nurses are all sluts and whores and I was like I need to kill you like first (laughs) give me the question information I need but then I'm going to eat you, you shitty old bag. Yeah, and it's fun because, like, based on who you – like,
3: there are quest lines that are connected to different characters. So it's like if you then make the choice to end that – you know, to, to, to feed on that character, well, if you didn't finish out that quest, quest is just So gone. is
1: it just, like, quests gone or are there quest situations – where- Okay, but are there situations where a different quest, a no. literally, like quest gone, no, quest, it's
3: gone. quest gone? No, no, no it's like... binary. It's binary okay. that way. Are
1: there any quests you solve by eating people? Where like someone is just like, man, my landlord fucking sucks. I hope you can go talk to my landlord and make him suck less. And then you go there and you're the one doing the sucking because you're a vampire. And you go back like, yeah, your your landlord problems dealt with. Does that? I that mean, doesn't...
3: there. Is, I mean, there is a there is a shitty landlord. NPC, oh, yeah. he's the most satisfying kill in the entire <laughs> game. Um, but probably you, not tied to that. It, so also what the game does is that, uh, uh, so even if you identify someone up front, so like the shitty landlord is shitty right away, like you, you'll you know like, oh, let's do this. Right. But um, if you spend more time investigating them, like, like there is these e- explicit clues that you're filling out and then the game checkboxes mm-hmm. that. Every time you do that, their blood becomes more valuable. Not for any particular reason. It's just arbitrary bullshit, but it's the game trying to pull it. It's like yeah. they it's like want Whole Foods. you to.
2: They tell you the story of the food. <laughs> yeah. It's like this cheese is from a farm <sighs> in, like, it's this is Vermont cheddar. Oh. Uh, it's been a, aged. Yeah. yeah. You it's, know this, the name this of This is cow. like the secrets. Yeah. So this just, is
1: like. It tastes a little better in that way. You know what I mean? Like right, it might be a placebo effect. Right. Totally,
2: but,
3: you know. Because it's not just a shitty landlord. This is like. And like it's kind like of shitty. Like, he is an abject monster. Like okay. by the the arc of that becomes just like oh like you are it it has hit that fucking right <laughs> bumper button and just like oh, it's it's so good and be like that's all that's um, reminded again like right now how much I loved all these little subsystems of the game because it's just like really intelligent about making you care about side characters. making you care about like the A story is not that interesting. Right. I mean it's fine, but like this game like really doubles down on the stuff that actually requires less resources which is like stuff that has more to do with like exploring and 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 voice acting um that isn't like lavish set pieces and and things well, like that. And
2: also know? like it's solving something that has started to frustrate me a little bit with a lot of immersive sims. Uh like I think like I love them but I think the arcane immersive sims have fallen down on this where like there's a lot of like lore and shit seeded into the world, but it's kind of inert. You can't do anything with it. It informs the world, but there are no systems where because you now know this piece of information, right, something you can is. change the narrative at all. It's yeah. just yeah, you basically you you found more of the lore bible for the for the game and that's that's what it is. And that can be enriching. But what's cool about this is it reminds me a little bit of like I don't know, Deus Ex One or something, where like the more you do, the more you can do. That, like, when you find something in the world, that's probably not just some piece of flavor text that's out there. That's pro, there's probably somebody you can go and like talk to about this, uh, to change the course of the story or learn a secret. And it makes this tiny world feel much denser and livelier, uh, which I think is kind of a, this feels like something that immersive sims could probably benefit to learn from uh just in terms of what is like it's fun to go out there in the world and find more out about characters and setting mm-hmm. but that stuff gets even more enjoyable and like more enriching if that can also i think be turned back to the main action of the game and connected to that in some way yeah and there's
3: like other small like touches that i remember, like. I when I f- finished this game and I reviewed it, I like s- kind of told myself like, remind yourself, this is probably the your favorite game you played this year. It probably is. Like it probably like in and, like the this heart is not hearts, reminding me all the I, like you really yeah, like, like this. You really genuinely yeah, like. Yeah, like I really liked it. Like okay. this conversation is reminding me like all the things I liked about it. Like for example, like one of the things the game doesn't it doesn't always tell you when you have a choice in the conversation, right? Like and I mean like a consequential choice. I see, Where it's, like I see, most see. games are up front saying like yo like. Here's a timer, yeah, yeah, yeah. like this. This one's important, or like it colors like a you know uh, a renegade system, you yeah. know, where it's like it's color like this, this is gonna like this game has moments that really pissed me off early on, where it's just like I flippantly made a choice, <laughs> and then the game's just like like this quest line's dead, like you fucked it up, and you can't. There, there are no quick save, quick load. Oh my it god, it is just gone. This is, it. It this is, is your just life
1: like, now. Pay attention. And
3: I think it says like quest failed, which it like does. I don't. I remember like you saying the, this. Because I don't – I didn't like the phrasing on that because I actually didn't do anything, wrong, like, wrong. It's just that there was – what the game should have done was, like, there probably should be more branching to it. Yeah. Um, or th- there was just a better way to massage what it was trying to say, which is, like, hey, we want you to, like, take seriously all the engagements you're having with characters. And the notion of making a, a choice seem like it's a choice, like this is the one to care about. Um, actually ends up undercutting the role-playing you're doing otherwise. Right. And so it just kept me on my heels for, like, every conversation going forward. It's like, all right, I cannot be flippant about this because this could kill off where I'm going. So I think I had, like, two or three quests that the, just, like, were, just straight-up died on there, me because of, like...
1: Were there quests where you are like, you know what, fuck it. This this answer I'm about to give might end this quest because it's not what this right. person wants to hear. Yes, But fuck off. This is how I'm playing this. And if it ends the quest, I yeah, there a quest.
3: there Yeah, there are definitely moments where, like, you can feel like, this is this feels like this is where the game wants me to go yeah. and it's like well i don't that's not how i feel and so yeah the, sometimes there were ones where it just sort of ends and like that's where i wish yeah rather than just quest like because when it says quest failed it doesn't then like give you some flavor text or some like conclude like it doesn't like sum it up for right. you like what There's happened no arthur like,
1: morgan style journal entry <laughs> where your character has no like, and that's what it needed yeah.
3: right was like like so even when it, it just ends and the, those people will still talk to you mm. right it's just that like you just cannot proceed right. in the quest. So, like, right. there was a, there's, like, you know, it sounds like this game sold well, so I'm, like, super excited to see them. It's coming to Switch uh, oh, awesome. early next year. Um. So, like, there are so many, like, things like that where it's like, all right, if they got another crack at it, like, easy that they would massage that stuff. But it's things like that that was like, really smart design decisions that I found frustrating, but then later came to embrace as being, like, contrarian in a way that I thought was really uh, smart and useful.
2: Uh, question about that. Didn't they mark... The important questions with the little bloody Y symbol, the little flux capacitor. Some of them
3: do, but some of but them some don't. Aren't. I can't, it's okay. been long enough for, uh-huh. it's been too long for me to like
2: remember the yeah. UI stuff, but
3: like you're right. There are times where they do market and then there are times when they, they don't. Interesting. Don't. Like I think, like, I want to say the way it works, like the ones you're talking about there where it's like a, you're picking a path and yeah. then just sometimes like there was just one that just outright failed for me for like no reason. Um, and I feel like that happened once or twice. So uh, somebody's like, yeah, "Hey, buddy, like, you a
2: vampire?" And Patrick's like, "Well, yeah."
3: See <laughs> <laughs> a vampire. It's I'm good,
2: gonna man. Get to it's good. It. It's it's good. Gonna, like, this talk has made play. me. Wait, we should we should do a spoiler cast? Like this is you're ready to like, this go is all scratching in. That itch You're like this of, is like, like your
1: big this is your big game of the year now, Rob.
2: I'm excited. I'm, I'm, fat. I'm just climbing mad. the charts. Yeah. But, like, after I started playing this, I didn't play Red Dead for the rest of the weekend. Look at that! Like I was just like, this is this is where I live now. Take that cowboy! Just boy. let me <laughs> yeah. let me draw that let me draw that sick fucking trench coat my character wears. Let me draw that a little tighter around my waist. Okay. Uh, Walk through the like,
1: one fog, you know.
2: Oh yeah, it's great! It's great! It's like um, it's sort of where I would have loved to see like the Order eighteen eighty six go eventually. Yeah, uh, if it was like like everything about the setting, and then not just a cover sheet, right?
1: Right. Actually, it has some unique mechanics and stuff um i have been actually one thing quick because you brought up immersive sims i just wanted to shout out how excited i am for skin deep the new blendo game game that was announced and we just never talked about it Did y'all see this game
3: oh i didn't see anything so you know, you know blendo games
1: who makes <laughs> who The three flights of loving and who made uh, quadrilateral cowboy and a bunch of other great stuff uh i'll put a link in the in the chat here um oh, there we go it is an immersive sim that includes some fucking incredible mechanics including Uh, uh, it's, it's, it almost, it feels like heat signature turned into an immersive sim. Uh, and then also the blend of, like, (laughs) the, the, yeah, there's an active reload sneezing mechanic. Um, there's, uh, a, a a lot of, like, very goofy fun, like, hiding by jumping up on the walls and, like, putting your hands out to, to hover, hover, but to, like, hold yourself above where guards walk. Um, it is, it is worth putting on your radar because,
3: this looks incredible. Yeah, dude, I'm excited about it. Uh, so that'll. I wanted to like Quadrille Cowboy a lot more than I actually did. So like that that game um, made me convinced that this game
1: could be good in the sense that most of my favorite Blendo games games, most of my favorite games by by Brendan Chung are games about uh, story stuff mostly, like Gravity Bone and Thirty Flights of Loving. Like I pretty much love the way that you know he tells a, a story via. Uh, montage, or via like, rapid cuts, or or you know through music cues and stuff like that. I like games like Flotilla and Adam Zombie Smasher and some of the other Blendo games stuff. Um, but seeing Quadrilateral Cowboys' puzzle design made me really interested in what he could do with just game design in in this very like mechanical design sense. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like Skin Deep is now high on my list of things to be excited for in 2019. Um, I don't even know if I don't even know if it says 2019 here somewhere, but but you know that's my hope. My hope is 2019. Maybe it'll be later than that. He works pretty yeah, fast. That's my understanding.
3: Like Quadrilateral was in development for a while, but it seems like since that game shipped, he's just been he's been hitting stuff because he's been doing yeah,
1: other side projects. Sub Rosa, like which is a multiplayer heist, not even heist. It's like a multiplayer like rival. <laughs> you have different teams of like organized crime people all dressed in suits and you're trying to do like a swap like one person has the briefcase or the data disk and the other team has like the money and you're trying to do a swap and make sure no one betrays anybody but then people betray each other and then it's like a big city simulation of like chase scenes it looks really cool i've wanted to play sub rosa for like five years now and so he's 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 doing some like city proc gen design stuff on that that i that i'm excited to see um other stuff I've been excited by lately, I know Patrick you've been dipping into this too, we should talk about the tetris effect or just tetris effect not the tetris effect yeah the tetris effect yeah is a that's thing. the thing where you when you game is just play, a lot, of the, play yes. a lot of tetris and you try to go to bed all you see is blocks fall falling you may even dream about it um that's happened to me before from bad jobs that's happened to me before for good puzzle games and everything in between threes did that it was the last game that really did that for me threes just fucking completely took over my brain and trying to sleep was impossible cuz all i could think about were like the little tiles sliding around um Weirdly, I don't know that Tetris Effect has given me the Tetris Effect yet. Uh Tetris Effect is uh the latest game by Enhance, uh who I guess most re I Enhance is the name of the studio that mizuguchi uh now runs. Uh they released Mm -hmm. uh Res Infinite was the name of that release, right? Which was a the VR Mm -hmm. version of Res that included a new thing called Area X, which for me is probably my favorite thing I've ever done in VR. Um, Tetris Effect is their attempt to make a new Tetris game that is just one good Tetris. It's just a good Tetris game. It's just like a good version of Tetris you can have on a device. Which you laugh?
3: But there are a lot, are a lot of, of bad, bad fucking ones. Tetris games, especially when EA had uh, explicit control of the license. There were just a lot of really, really like it was. It was. It was an era in which. You were scrounging eBay to go find Tetris yeah. DS, which remains – the Nintendo's Tetris game of the original DS remains one of the best Tetris games ever made. Um, but that became even, like, more true when EA was just, like, constantly fucking up yeah. uh, new versions of that uh, game.
1: And then also they wanted to bring the sort of stuff that Mizuguchi's team or that, that the enhanced team, which is – these are people who worked on Res in the past, Luminous, um, Medios. Uh, what else did that team make, Patrick? Yeah. Um,
3: I think that that's a big like, stop, but in his space, like that's. that's little- and Luminous is like the last pu- like puzzle game that really got under. I mean, I mean, that partially that was because I, I imported a PSP and was like, whoa, I spent <laughs> a lot of, I'm in college, I don't have a lot of money. This maybe was a mistake. <gasps> oh, uh, I'm gonna play right, a lot of totally. this. Cha Ch- I love the song "Shining" over, over and over, and over it. again. Shining's
1: great. Uh, Ch- Which Child I do. of Eden was the one I forgot, and then Every Extend. I Extra. didn't even. I didn't, I didn't even. I never played play Child but. of Eden. One day. One day I'll get to it. Um, and so Tetris Effect is very similar in nature in that it is a game about Tetris. It's a puzzle game, but but it's also a game about a kind of synesthetic and and aesthetic like connection and movement and feeling. Uh, there are there is a, a bunch of little side modes that give you that let you play Tetris with some extra rules. There's like a mystery mode where like there's like every 7 lines there's a new weird rule added or a new temporary thing. But I think the real the real thrust of the game and the thing that definitely drew me in and the thing I spent the most time with is It's just called the journey mode or the, yeah, the journey, the journey yeah. uh which is a series of 27 levels each of which has its own song it's only kind of musical and visual themes um that change as you play uh there are three difficulties each difficulty is different only in the amount uh, maybe it's not only in but it's the, the key thing is how many lines you need to get to succeed uh and move on to the next how much is
3: on easy i'm playing on normal so
1: on easy it's 30 because i beat it on easy um, oh, it's, it's 36. 36 or normal. That's not it's not, that... Listen, it's not that many, but the way that this works, and the thing to remember is, for people who haven't seen it yet, is that because it's tied to a song, the way the game works is, as you advance in lines, it moves through the song. And so, it's like it will be on the intro until you hit eight lines or something, right? Right. And then from eight until 16 or whatever, it will be on like, uh, the, the main kind of, like, chorus or whatever. Maybe it'll be, like, a, a verse part of the song. And then it'll hit a bridge and when you hit 16. And those all have different tempos, which are represented by different, like, drop speeds. And so a single mm-hmm. level could be, like, could start you off really slow and easy and then slowly build until finally it's, like, really pumping and you're at, like, a nice speed 7, nice speed 8, somewhere in there. But some songs have moments you're like, no, we're on speed 12. Like, fucking deal with it. You're
3: going to be on... Sp- Austin, awesome. I had... So I've been kind of, i am playing on a normal, I've been kind of cruising yeah. through it. Like, really enjoy it. Like, ha- it's definitely sweat yeah. it sometimes, but like, didn't really get up against the wall until, um, I guess the only way to describe the stage was like, it's kind of like an industrial or like in a furnace. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. um Where it's just like, every time it's coming out, like, doom, doom, Right, so every sound also, everything you
1: do makes a unique sound is an important thing. Yes. Right, so it's
3: like. It's tied to the aesthetic of that stage. Like, my favorite one so far is um the, like, the winter snow Oh, yeah one where like every like uh it's like very calm and quiet and like every time the the Tetris pieces connect it sounds like someone's scrunching yeah. in the snow like on it with a boot it's like so like I found it like very moving in a weird way it is um, um like I, I
1: couldn't that's explain a game. Like, I can't wait I, Scott Benson on Twitter uh the one of the developers behind uh, night in the woods um described it as like a, a period piece about 1999 uh in 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 the sense that like it is this very humanist, very like optimistic. It believes in us. It believes in the future. It believes, and not in like a uh, like a like an Elon Musk believes in the future way. In a in like a a deep like New Age. We're all people. There is something deep down that ties it's us together. Connected. It's all connected. Like you can never really leave each other. There are a lot of songs that literally just have vocals that end up being like. We all love each other. You know, we're all connected. There is no – there is nothing else but us, like, but in a really positive, good way. Um, and for whatever reason, it doesn't bug me. It doesn't It doesn't feel, like – it doesn't feel naive about the world. It, or or cheesy. cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
3: totally. It fe- I guess, like, this word we've been using and other things is earnest. Yes. Like, this feels very earnest as well. Like, it's – and it's not, like, hitting you over the head with – maybe that's because, like, you're so focused on, like, the game that these just become sort of like aesthetic trappings. And they have like a a, a, a message or an ideology behind them, but it feels – I don't know. It's not overwhelming. Like it, it, it adds just like a, a really enjoyable rapper. As, as someone that d- didn't think they needed to play more right. Tetris, and probably once they finish the Journey mode will discover – they don't need to play any more Tetris, but like I'm really enjoying, surprisingly, so enjoying my time. I'm like through the the, the really journey, really
1: loving it. I think like aesthetically, it's just gorgeous. There's like so many, so many. Each level has such a distinct feeling, um, and the collections of them, the ones that they put together, end up creating. So you, you kind of do like a three to five like uh, stage run and those are like almost like little EPs that you're listening to in, in a sense where like yeah. there is a rise and a fall of action inside of that set of songs just like there is inside of any given song. Um, I'm also finding it like this is the first time i've gotten any good at all with tetris i'm still garbage like i've always been garbage at puzzle games i don't have a brain for it in the same way that that i do for like tactics games even like i there's it's very hard for me to think about puzzle games the way i think about about uh, other types of of strategy games um but there is something about the musical connection that f- makes me think about it a lot like or it puts me in a mode of of being it's like dancing in that like I am playing with the game and I'm like just there are moments when the tempo picks up and it's like all right keep up with me and I'm like yeah I'll keep up with you I'll go wherever you want to go let's go let's do it and I
3: I think that's that that specific tempo change is the thing that hooked yes. me like I, the aesthetic stuff is nice um the VR stuff is maybe take it or leave it. I think it's. I think. It, I think it is cool. I'll finish it. It's really with headset, cool, but I it's, think
1: it's not necessary. If you're like ah, uh...
3: if you got a big screen with headphones and put it on and play it in the dark, you know you'll be you'll be just fine too. But it is like what I have noticed is what I've enjoyed are the tempo changes. Like when I get in a rhythm and it's then you know you'll see it. you're like three or four minutes in, and you're like all right, I kind of got this, like, I'm, I'm making my stack, I'm putting my Tetris's, like, I'm good. And then all of a sudden, doom, doom, doom. It's like, oh, shit, like, whoops. Like, oh, I <laughs> fucked up that piece. Wow, that is a real problem now. Yep. And then I'm, like, trying to work my way down to that. Like, the, the tempo changes have been far and away the mechanic- that has gotten me interested in playing because it's gotten me out of my comfort zone. Like I'm not any good either, but I like have my way of playing, and that's just always going to be yep. my way of playing. I'm not going to play any different because I don't play Tetris enough to like. You're going to learn how to do understand the strategy layer. or like or whatever, yeah, right? But the tempo forces you to play fundamentally different because, like, for example, like you can I can do enough of like making a perfect. Um, stack, so I'm getting the Tetris on the right or left yeah. or wherever it falls when it's a certain pace. But once that like tempo really kicks up to like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, that's just survival. Yeah. That is just you like getting that's any. That's the line first time that get. I'm like I'm spamming like the turn and I'm like just trying to fit it into a spot. <laughs> I'm trying to get it over to a certain side or I'm just trying to like make the the least worst situation or th- those situations when the tempo spit up uh, was the first time that I was actually functionally using. The, the main new mechanic, which I'm forgetting zone. the name of it. The uh, zone. The zone So yeah. the zone is where, like, time basically freezes, and then you try and clear as many lines as you can, and then it moves the stack down really fast. Like, yeah, like, so it's like basically like any or any – oh, when you clear the line, it basically
1: moves that whole line to the bottom, basically. It, it's as if you cleared it from the bottom instead of –
3: Right, it's like a good way of like cleaning yes. up like a bad set of of Tetrises. It's also the only way to like get like scored well, like that you you uh, you get huge bonuses. So if you want to get anything above a C, like you need to be using the the, the um uh, this mechanic. And then also crucially, it uh it doesn't count toward your line clears. Don't count towards your line right. clears. And so it becomes this like this push and pull where you're. It's like I I'm often waiting until like the very end of a stage where I've got like you know, 34 or 35 clears. And then I'll put right. that in, like clear out a big spot and then um, get a bunch of and bonus your points last and then finish it and then move need, on. Yeah. But what I was finding with like the really up-tempo stuff where I was stressed and all of a sudden my stack was getting out of control was that, okay, this is the strategic time to use it that's unrelated to a high score because I just need to... Live. Regain yeah, yeah, control yeah. of the screen. I in feel front of me. so
1: good to run back a fa- like a, a failing run. It feels so good to repair... The tower that you've built into a, just a from a terrible mess into something clean and organized and to recover well hot
3: tip this game does not pause when you hit like the the, the uh the center button to go to like the ui so, Great. so i like i this morning i was playing and i had my coffee and i got through like two of four stages in, a, in, a, in an area and i was like all right i'm gonna take a sip my coffee take the headset off took a sip of the coffee put the headset back on <laughs> hit the UI button and I just have like this fucking nightmare stack because the pieces just started falling on one another and I was like I'm not giving up on you I'm, (laughs) I'm pulling this one back from the brink there
1: was a point last night speaking of like like tips uh Casey, Casey Malone, friend of the site, was like, uh, Tetris effect is super hard, uh, and I said, I have a piece of advice that's either going to make me sound like an idiot or an asshole, which is that I get so much better at this game when I look at what the next piece is, and I know that that's, like, like, fundamental Tetris 101 shit, I know that, but I've always assumed it wasn't for me in a sense, like, I- I would do it at a low speed historically. I'd be like, oh yeah, the next one is a block. I could, I could slide into there. But what I never did was like actually like make that part of my moment to moment Tetris practice at higher speeds. Mostly because I didn't play it that,
3: at high speeds, right? Well, just tra- training your eyes to just quickly look glance up very briefly and not to think about it. You don't have to That's process exactly it. it. You don't have to think That's about exactly what am I going to do. It's just knowing like, oh, this is gonna this is the you know the. Three you know, three long three blocks and then one in the middle. It's like I can slap that in a lot of weird places. I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna get that down on the right hand side. I'm gonna Especially make sure I'm not gonna cover up side, but you
1: don't even I, I don't even right. think those full thoughts. Like they're not even like there's no language happening. It is this pre-linguistic right. style of thought that that this game has opened up to me. I'm I'm thinking in whole new ways. Rob <laughs> is looking very skeptical of me right now.
3: <laughs> well he started out being upsetting. Rob's you. also muted, being
1: Rob's like, also look at the next I think piece right now.
2: Sorry, I had my speakers up to listen to this music. Yeah. Um, I'm watching a gameplay video in the other window. Yeah. And I'm not looking skeptical. I'm kind of... I was skeptical when y'all were talking. Okay. And I was like, uh-huh. it's fucking Tetris, guys. Yeah. Like, I, it's Tetris. It is. I know. I know. And then I, I started watching this video. It's good. And I was like, this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Have. <laughs> you should play this game. Uh, like, I was like, wait, so it's like a di- like it's tetris but also it's got a weird like audio-visual thematic tie between the way they're presenting the game of Tetris and then the audio associated with it. Right, it's it. So a like dynamic really sparse, score. Like, it's not just.
1: Yeah. It's not just. It's playing good music and the sounds are nice. Like it is like quantized music played based on when you spin your pieces, when you make lines, when they hit the when they hit the, the floor. Like it's yeah. great. It's so good. Like, I'm
2: staring at one that like it opened on something that sounded very like. um very much like churches, almost yeah, not, yeah. Like, not like not church music, but churches. Yeah, the band, the electronic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then it switched to one that was like all like wireframe, uh, like uh, Atari, like you know Atari twenty six hundred type type graphics, and like the score also shifted to be a little bit more of that like uh, a bit more, I guess what you, what you'd call like early uh, synth yeah. uh, type type music and. It all sounds fucking amazing. It's all good. And it's 27 good I tracks. am this close to just, like, signing off and being like, sorry, y'all, I'm just going <laughs> to crank the speakers and play Tetris <laughs> Effect. Uh, it's really good. Until Nightfall. It's, this it's, looks amazing. I
1: think one of the things that's popped up is like uh, in the conversation is its price. It's 40 bucks. It's on PS4 right now. I don't think it's anywhere else yet, right? That
2: seems fair. I mean, if it's, if it's like, Give res it
1: Six months. Vacation. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, I would love music to that have... Music this good, don't come cheap. Music this good, don't come cheap. And also, like, part of me is, like, so... One forty dollars is a lot of money for a lot of people. There are plenty of times in my life where I would not have had forty dollars for Tetris. Like I get, there is something. I get the the efficacy of the of the phrase. You want me to spend forty dollars for Tetris? Like I get it. I get it. I do get it. I can play Tetris right now on my phone for free.
3: Probably, probably. I don't know for sure, but probably. Or in a browser window that someone is definitely in jail. but Tetris.
2: Yeah, Tetris for me lost its magic years ago. Like I don't need to play like I do not need to go back and play Tetris. Great great game. Right. It's it, it's wonderful. It's 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 addicting in the best way. Uh it's it's sort of an ideal uh little like puzzle game. But it's a no
1: known, known. You know Tetris yeah. is a good ass game.
2: Right. I don't need like I don't the last time I went back to Tetris, I was like, yeah, this I I knew what I felt about this 20 years ago. Right. I'm done. This has me being like, oh it could be more. Right. It could be more. So that's that's one thing. It's like, I think
1: it's worth, it's just a good game, first and foremost. And I think we should always resist the urge to boil down game conversations to like, this is only worth $7 because on Steam, blah, 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 which is like what has happened to so much of the, the kind of uh, discourse around game prices. Um Two is, like, we've had a lot of conversations lately about the cost of labor and making sure people are, like, paid fairly and making sure that people don't have to, like, crunch in order to make a, a product that's profitable. And I don't know. I can't speak to what the work conditions are like at Enhance making tetris effect you know what i mean like i don't want to i'm not going to do the thing where i'm like and they treated their workers fairly and then tomorrow kotaku publishes a story jason
2: shark to make the tetris effect they sealed the access to the boiler room (laughs) and made djs compose music 24 7 (laughs) music gucci took over took over an entire what does it sound like when i spin this to the right please let me go when i spin it to the right (laughs)
1: Exactly. Um, So I can't do that. But I mean, like, video game prices are
3: really out of whack right now, right? Like, uh, sales culture um, for as as good, like, as, you know, whatever, pro like, it allows people to buy buy and experience more games. There are all sorts of tangible benefits to, like, the fact that games have gotten cheaper or they're, like, there's dynamic pricing, which has led to, like, even developers making more money because, like, being smart about, you know, your pricing makes sense. But it also has led to a very... Uh, shitty expectation that well it's a race to the bottom i'll wait for the sale um and and those are you know there are reasonable reasons to to take that approach but i don't think we should we should hesitate to then it's one thing to say does this sound like an expensive version of tetris because it is is forty dollars sounds like an expensive version of tetris but that doesn't the knee-jerk shouldn't be, well, that means it's not worth it. Right. I don't even want to – it's so
1: hard. He's like, I want to have this conversation because I think the so, stuff we've been saying is important. But it's. I don't even want to have to frame the conversation in, is it worth $40 to you? Like, I want you as a, as a, as a person to be able to make that decision because you're an adult or, or, or you're a teen. Right. You, you have 40, if you have $40 and you're like, do I want to spend on the Tetris Effect? That's a perfectly good thing to think through your head. I think of that stuff all the time. You know, like that's definitely an important part. I don't want you just going out and buying things because I say they're good. But – I want to reserve the right to be like this is substantial this is good this is like in a year that has been as shitty as this one has been as a year that has felt where there are days when when you earnestly feel the difference between nihilism and cynicism and can't have to decide which one you want to be today and everything else is out the window or there's no no uh, even place for hope or optimism some days a game like this that that communicates such a deep and positive vibe for such a substantial amount of time for such like a, a, a in such a with such clarity and such like emotional power i wanted to just be like hey this thing fucking kicks ass you should play it when you play it maybe it's now maybe it's in 6 months maybe it's in 2 years i don't know but find the time for it cuz it's really good rob sorry i you had a thing to say
2: no i no i was just i was just going to say that like that whole discussion, I've never been comfortable with it because there's a sort of built-in presumption. Like, literally, I will never know what $40 is to you. Right. Like, literally. There have right. been times in my life where, like, literally, I'm, like, four days late on rent, and there's probably 105 left in the checking account, and we need food, but also there's, the che- there's a check checkout there, and I need to, like, is that going to hit up? There have been, like... I never know what your circumstances yeah. are. There are there have been times where like forty dollars, fuck yeah, I'll spend forty dollars on Tetris. I'll spend forty dollars on regular Tetris. Fuck it it. Doesn't, doesn't even need to be new. Fuck it. <laughs> uh you, you know what? This round's on me. Uh right. yeah, by all means, let's let's get those frou-fruy cocktails. Yeah, having a good time. And then there's nights there there's nights, there's there's weeks where that changes. And so I think the conversation is, I think, bound to be frustrating because Ultimately, I think the best we can do is discuss whether or not something is worth your attention. Right. Um, And sort of indicate what we might find there to be worth your attention or worth considering. But I've never been able to sort of – I've never been able to boil in – I've never been been able to boil a game down to, like, what's it worth to you? Because I know what it's worth to me in that moment, and that changes. Yeah, I think that's fair.
1: Uh, We should take a break and when we come back, we'll talk about some more games we've been playing. Sound good? All right.
2: BRB.
3: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen
1: All right, we are back. I briefly want to hit uh, man. I briefly want to hit man uh, because I've been playing Hitman two more of it. Uh, I'd done a preview that we talked about last week. That game has since come out, and I've played it all. Well, not all because there will be more coming out. There will be escalation missions and elusive targets and all that. And I certainly have not completely cleared all of the stages. Uh, There's a lot of additional ways I could be killing my targets and a lot of little side stories and stuff in these levels that I haven't seen yet. But I played through all the levels. Um, I played through a couple of them a couple of times. And again, Disclosure, very close friends with a writer on the team. Uh, It's really fantastic. It's such a good sequel to a game that I think was already um, really, really fantastic. Uh, it uh, It is such a different take on this stealth action game, um, or this it's really just a stealth game. Like there's action technically, you know, you can theoretically get into gunfights in this game, but you're not winning by getting into cover shooter, going into a cover shooter mode, right? You can take cover and you can shoot, but like, that isn't how you get anything done. Um, it, playing through it again has reminded me of what a good comedy game it is because you can play it on, on a good run you're you're just uh, a fucking you're the wind. You know what I mean? You blow through people's lives, and some of them don't. They they fall down and they don't stand back up, right? Like you are just like, what happened? I don't know. Oh oh no! What happened? What happened to, to Rick? And, like, that's it. Rick is dead. No one knows why. And that's that's great. <laughs> Most of the time, though, you are, like, a shitty spitting hurricane where you're just, like, making a mess. And everyone's like, this fucking – what are you doing? Stop it. Uh, and you're just <laughs> – it's so funny to have a, a perfectly – you know, a, a plan that you execute perfectly through steps one through nine. And then you get to step ten and it all falls apart. There was a sequence where I – all right, so there's a bunch of levels, uh, and they're, they're all pretty interesting. One of them, the one that I actually talked some shit about last week, is Columbia, uh, in which you are, like, going after a, co- a cocaine cartel. And there's a lot in that level that doesn't sit great with me. There's a, a, a shaman in that level that you, can, that you can take the place of and bless some ground. There's, like, a lot of stuff that it just feels – a little off and, and and very much like very deeply stereotypical stuff between the cocaine cartel and the like sleepy band that is all hung over and spread across the town. Like they're dealing in some stuff that doesn't work. Um, and, and that, and where that specifically does work, but it, it works for people and for players for whom those stereotypes are not speed bumps, but are actually highways. Um, and the, so that stuff sucks. Thing that didn't suck was uh one of the ways I got to a target was by knocking out this hippie who had shown up in Hitman 2016 on uh, a different level, and he was there transporting some sort of special like cocaine from outside of this this cartel to like get it get it you know analyze like oh maybe they have something special in this cocaine and so you knock out that you hippie. gotta know its name you gotta uh, yeah exactly. And so you you put it you have, like, a little fake, like a, like, a toy bus, basically, that has the cocaine in it. And you walk up to the guards, and the guard's are like, oh, we've been expecting you. And they, they show you inside through, like, the weird cave system to that the head cocaine producer, basically, dude. He's, like, a cocaine scientist. He's literally developing a thing called Super Cocaine, which is both very goofy in a funny way and also a little bit too wildlands in its understanding of the cocaine industry and what the fuck is happening. in in South America and in cocaine cartels or in drug cartels. In any case, you show him the thing and he's like, I'm going to sniff it. I'm going to do the cocaine because I have to see if it's good. But of course, you're a hitman, which means you've poisoned the cocaine. So he does the cocaine and then he dies. And I'm like, yes, got him. And then everyone's like, uh, did you kill him? Like, you gave him this cocaine and so I was like standing around and everyone's like, Uh, you stay right there. And I'm like, no, I gotta go. And I just like, start speed walking away. And they're like, Hey, stop. (laughs) And that's like, just a very funny sequence that I hadn't thought through the whole thing. There's another one where basically you end up, uh, I'm not going to spoil which one it is, but there's definitely one in which you think you're going to like, you're going to like, all right, I'm going to fucking get this guy. Uh, and this is in a different level. This is in uh, Mumbai, which, which someone wrote me and said they may be using the wrong accents in Mumbai again. Like this is one of the reasons why it's important to do your research. If you're doing a kind of a world hopping jet setting game around the world, they may be using an accent from the wrong part of India in this level. In India's big. India is India's big. And it, you cannot just like default in that way. Um, I'll get, there's another side conversation here to be had about resourcing, but, uh, in that level, there's a character who you can, you can like, I'm going to fucking corner this guy. And you like sneak in with a certain disguise and you end up, he ends up at the end. He's like, I got to talk to you privately. And he take he takes you to a private place, except he comes with an armed guard and he's just like, all right, Listen. I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. And he just, like, like chews you out for five minutes about how he's the big dog in town. And, like, yeah, you could just pull out a gun and waste him and his bodyguard at that point. But it took me by such surprise, because normally the targets are really foolish, and they will lead you to the side to talk to you about something and be completely alone. But he had me. I was the one he was threatening to kill. And so I was like, all right, I just let him walk away. And I was like, fuck, i got to figure out a different way to kill him, I guess, because I was just so shook um it's been a really good time i just didn't know what
2: to say i just
1: i totally uh i didn't i didn't know what to say or do there's a lot of new stuff here that's really cool there's a lot of like there's new stuff for blending into the crowds there's new stuff for blending into like plant life and vegetation um there is stuff around just the ui is so much cleaner one of the problems with hitman 2016 was that it didn't necessarily communicate to you. Unless you did the tutorial very carefully and very slowly and took it all in and made sure to read all the tool tips, there would be some things that were a little vague around like, um, one of them was trespassing. When you when you went into a place you weren't supposed to be in before, it would do like a little outline around your mini-map, your radar, basically, and it would be like, oh, this means you're trespassing. They got rid of that, and it said there's now a big yellow bar with black text that says trespassing <laughs> down in the bottom left. It's like, <laughs> look, motherfucker, don't be here. You're going to get in trouble or know that you're going to get in trouble if this happens um, or versus like same thing. If it's really bad, if it's like combat or hunted, that's in red or witness alive, you know, or something like that. That will be in red. So those sorts of things are, are a lot better. Um, there is a, a – a, the mirrors all work now, um, including in – so if you own Hitman, the, the 2016 Hitman already – I think I think this is everywhere. It's it's definitely on they PC. They retconned reflections. They retconned the reflections to it. Well, they bring you all those levels into Hitman Two if you mm-hmm. already own Hitman One. So you just get those levels, and they added the reflections. They added the crowd hiding stuff all into Hitman One's levels. Wow, that's really which cool. is really fucking cool because there are levels where um, I did I replayed Paris, which is one of my favorite levels from the first game, which is this big fashion show in in like a, a Parisian palace basically, um, and it was. I'm so used to, like, okay, one of the things you can do is you can turn on a water faucet to gain someone's attention outside. Like, it will start flooding, and so, like, a guard will go in to turn off the faucet. And traditionally, I would just be hiding in, like, a closet in that bathroom, basically. And then it would pop out and just, like, choke the guy out and take his outfit. But now, if I pop out of that closet, he sees me in the mirror because it's a bathroom. And he's like, yo, what are you doing? And turns around. (laughs) Super cocaine. Yeah, that's what I'm doing It's Super cocaine. Uh, so, like, that stuff is really cool. Needing to figure out d- different plans around around some of that stuff has been great.
2: Um, I think it's a... Question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, one thing that I've... Like, I didn't play 2016, but, like, my memory of previous Hitman's... Yes. ...is that it is a comedy at times. It's very funny. Yes. But also, sometimes you get into a death spiral where it ends up with you being in basically a really crap shooter... Where, like, uh, 47 is posted up somewhere with a Kalashnikov and a lot of ammo, and is just, like, mowing down guards as they come. And the game would never actually, like, stop you from doing that. So I think you
1: could still... What I'll say is, like, I've never had that much ammo. Um, Mm -hmm. You will get overrun pretty quickly. Uh, I've had a few good shootouts in this most recent series, mostly in Hitman 1. Um and i think you're a little too spongy as a, so when the game first, when hitman 2016 first shipped you were a fucking like a piece of paper hanging on a wire or a couple a couple bullets would end you they shifted that uh, about 6 7 months after that game launched and made you a little hardier so that if things really broke bad you would live um but and that's carried into hitman 2 where like yeah you can take a few shots um, but you can't really just outshoot them and you certainly you are certainly not going to, if that's how you're going to play, you're probably not going to get much out of it. What I'll say is there's enough of a, an incentive to, in those situations, just load an auto save. Maybe you lose okay. six minutes, but like just load the auto save. Your current outfit won't be compromised. Um, because that's the other thing is like, whatever you're wearing, that style of outfit gets compromised when someone has seen you and reported you using that outfit. Right. So like, if there is a if there is a person if there, if you're in a security guard costume and you shoot at you know an EMT or you shoot at another security guard uh, or even just a certain security guard there's a set of security guards called enforcers who are or, or there's a set of characters in any level called enforcers who can see through certain disguises right so it's like inside of the waitstaff there's going to be someone who's effectively the like head waiter who can see that you are not one of his fucking waiters. Uh, And if he breaks your, your disguise by being near you long enough and kind of looking at you long enough, then that, that outfit will be compromised. And so you can never wear a waitstaff uniform again in that level. Um, And so once you go, once it's like I'm in a firefight, whatever that costume is, is completely wasted at that point. Um, And it's, You can get out of those situations if you're really clever. There have been times that I've done it, and it's been fun. So I wouldn't say, like, automatically do it. But most of the time, if things break that bad, I'm loading a save. Um, When I'm not loading a save is, like, when one person spots me, and they're like, oh, shit, you're not supposed to be in here. And I throw a brick, and it hits him in the head. And then I, like, oh, I'll run up and crack his neck and throw him over the bridge or whatever, and then hope that someone below the
2: bridge doesn't see a body falling. Do you have any really elegant Rube Goldberg-esque uh, kills that you would care to boast about?
1: So most of them so far, I'm like, going through the kills that the game has set up. So I don't want to like... I don't think that that's necessarily...
2: You've not composed your murder symphony?
1: <sighs> not yet. Um, I think the closest thing was... <laughs> the closest thing was the thing I did at E3, which is uh, I played the Miami level, which is the first full level of the game.
2: That's the race, right?
1: That's So it's a, it's a racetrack. And it's there's a race going on. And one of your targets is so your two targets on that level are the the head of this like uh, arms company that is having an exposition uh a, like attached to the race so they've taken over like a convention center to show off all of their new like androids and race cars and everything else that they have uh medical technologies are like a tech company two various potential investors and the press um, and so there's a one, there's just a very good one that involves you dressing up like a general and a potential a potential customer of this arms manufacturer uh that goes really well. Uh people should definitely do that one. Then but but his daughter is one of the racers. She races his super fast cars or his company super fast cars, and both of them are part of this international conspiracy because that's what hitman is all about. And there's a lot of ways you can you can take her out. Um there, some of them are about what happens after the race is over because the race is actually going as you're as you're playing, and you'll hear the announcer go, "All right, five laps left." As you're going during E3, I was I was so I was like, "I'm gonna go find a sniper rifle and take a shot and just see if I can crack the window." But I need a backup plan just in case, and so I took out this this um, race marshal. Who kind of has access to all the area around the racetrack? And I just planted a remote mine on the, on the track, um, and so there was just a good moment of me taking up a position. I want to say like on a nearby hotel roof or something, and sniping and catching her in the in the car the car start to wheel out of control but then I was like I wonder if this will work and I hit the, the remote mine just as she passed over it and I got the like final animation for the remote mine going off and not the sniper rifle but you know I feel like What I've done there is I've thrown the investigators into disarray. She was shot in the head, and a bomb blew up the car. Very strange. What was the real? Was there a third shooter who could say? Um, So that was that was a fun one, but nothing specific yet.
3: Isn't it also like I feel like this is one of those games? And I'm I didn't play the 2016 one like Rob, but I'm looking forward to actually playing this one because so many of my friends that I that I trust like didn't play Hitman games Mm -hmm. before and like fell in love with this one. Um, There is also probably. The performance of playing Hitman is key to some of the weirder ones and more like it seems like my favorite Hitman stories have come out of friends of mine who are streaming the game for big audiences for small audiences. But that like when you're in just in the moment, you're more naturally going to play conservative and objective based and just try and get to the end. Whereas especially maybe after you've beaten it and you're like, all right, I've done it. I have an understanding of the mechanics and the the flow of things. But now especially where it's like. What do people want to see? Do they want to see, just see me like do the easy thing, or like try and do something elaborate and weird, and like see how the game? So I will say it. that's and so the
2: performance definitely part
3: definitely is, is key super to this. helps.
1: I haven't streamed it yet. I'm excited to.
3: Or doing it with totally, friends, or totally. you know, like passing the controller totally. or something.
1: The thing I will say number two though is the game does the best job of encouraging that um, through some some features. So one, there are a set of challenges um, for every level, right? And so some of those mm. are directly tied to um, specific. Um, pre-authored kills. There are things called mission stories in this game, In the last game they were called opportunities. Here they're called mission stories, and they're really highlighted because they want you to fucking see this stuff, right? And so, for instance, um, there was the. I'm just sure think. There's one that I already talked about that I can happily spoil. Basically, um, let's say the 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 race the race car one, right? There's one in which, in that in that mission, one of the ways that you could kill the race car driver is to sabotage the. Um, the pyrotechnics at the winner's circle. And then you also have to ensure that she wins that race somehow without mm. being, without it ending the race, right? You need her to get to the winner's circle. So you can't just go, like, sabotage the entire race. So there has to be a way to, like, sabotage an opponent's car or get them disqualified or something like that, right? Um, and so, like, that's that stuff is just, like, already there and it's, like, mission story. And there's, like, six of those per level, so that stuff's already, like, all really cool. But then on top of that, you're gonna just see, like, oh, you're also there's also a challenge to kill that same character not connected to any of these pre-authored mission stories. And those can just immediately encourage you to be like, but wait a second, how could I kill this race driver with an android arm? Like, okay, I guess I'll have to figure out how to get to a place where there's an android arm and her at the same Teach place. Teach
2: sentience. <laughs> right?
1: I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, or uh, there's one, uh, you know, the, the very first level is this is this kind of like... Um, you land on a beach and you're in like a wetsuit and you go to inv- you're investigating something at this this house that this Illuminati like company has a bunch of, of, of people staying at and it's abandoned and you try to find some information and then your target comes in. Um, and so when your target comes in, you you know you could just run up and shoot them or you could poison their wine or whatever. And in that level there's like a ton of different ways to get that kill. There's like the one that I did recently was, I'd been planning on doing one where I just like shot down through a skylight, which is a special challenge. Or, like shoot from the skylight when they're in their bedroom. Um, but inst- it all went wrong. Someone spotted me. My outfit got compromised. But I managed to like sneak out and get to the rooftop. And instead of going to the pan- instead of going to her bedroom, she went to the panic room. And I checked the challenge list, and one of the challenges there was like use poison gas. To poison
3: the panic room through the air filtration system, and I was able to do that. That's cool that it like is understanding when things go wrong. The game will de- so it doesn't you know, move in it a different direct direction. Me there, and, like,
1: but it, r- I knew that I could do it because I look. You can bring up the list of challenges at any point, basically.
3: But I just mean like the fact that like it's not like you went for this specific yes. challenge, and then like because it didn't go right, it's like ah, well this whole thing was a right. Like there's nothing else to do. It's like oh no, there's actually there's a different branch. Of I stuff can go to go down. go
1: down. Yeah, exactly. So that's already part of it. But then the stuff that really ends up doing the wacky, goofy, funny, the funniest stuff are the escalation missions and the contracts. Anybody can make a contract in this game, which is where you go in and you say, "Okay, you like you literally walk around the world and then you pick a character and then you kill them in a certain way." It's almost like Mario Maker, where you you do a thing and then you're like, all right. I'm gonna put that up. I'm gonna upload that challenge to the to the world, huh. and then someone else has to do it. And the thing is, that's cool. If once you start to learn how the clockwork moves, you can figure out how to advance certain st- like mini storylines in the game or put people in different states so they move into different places. And so you can end up doing things like um, bringing someone way out of where they're normally at into a different zone, and then the the person who's doing the contract you've made has to do has to do it in the disguise you're in and with the weapon you did it. Right, so it's almost like a game of like um, uh, horse, right? Where you're like, all right, I'm gonna take this wild ass shot. Figure this out, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> and and that stuff is really cool because you're like, how the fuck did this person kill the the head of this cult with a battle axe? Like, where is the battle axe even at in this level, and how did they get it there without being shot the whole time? Like, you can't just walk around with a battle axe. Uh, so that stuff is really fun. And then uh, right now there are no new. Um, uh, what I just said, escalation missions. Um, but those Mm -hmm. were a big part of the first games. Um, uh, goofiness and, and, and stuff. So like, I'm just going to click a random one that I have not seen, previously. This is the Osterman Mosaic. Uh, uh, oh, this one doesn't have this... Wiki doesn't have the actual info on that one. God damn it. I was trying to click a thing. Alright, so here's one. Uh, this is from the Snorrison Ascension. They all have really cool names, these Escalation Missions. These are the things where you go in, you do a mission, and then you go back and do it again with a different, with a different um, requirement, and those build, and those end up being the things that are end up being really funny and goofy. Sometimes they add new targets. So this one is like the first level requires Agent 47 to, to eliminate Silas Netsky, a KGB officer with a pistol while disguised as a Soviet soldier. He's found on the second floor. Oh, that's an easy hit. Get a pistol, get the Soviet outfit, go ahead and do it. Then the second level is the second level adds the objective of breaking into the safe in the office where a knight usually is and stealing the contents. Then the third level is it adds another target uh, who, is a go- who is a guard uh, uh who is it's a soldier guarding a, ca- a major character. And in that point, you have to be disguised as an airplane mechanic. Then the fourth level says you have to hide all dead or unconscious bodies within 90 seconds or you fail the mission. And then the final level mm. says you cannot pacify anyone, which means you cannot knock anyone out. All you can do is kill your target. That's all you're allowed to do. If you knock anybody out, you will fail the mission. And so those extra restrictions or it force you to play outside of your normal playstyle. Normally you're like, I'm just gonna knock this person out and then switch into their costume and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't even know. So, so again, it also makes you have to know the level. So in this level, presumably, I bet you there's a guard's uniform in some room somewhere or a mechanic's uniform somewhere that you can go find in a locker room or something. And so you end up learning the ins and outs of all these levels because the escalations force you to do that. There's no escalations in this yet. I believe they are coming in the first major update. Um, There's an elusive target coming soon. This is like the Sean Bean thing. So I'm really looking forward to that stuff. People should, I I like this game a lot. Again, uh, there is such a high degree of disclosure that if you decide to disregard everything I've just said, I totally get that. Um, But this is such a me game. Um, This is the thing that, Push Red Dead off the platter for me this past week was like I have to get through Tetris Effect, I have to get through Hitman, not because I feel a responsibility, but because like all I want to do is go in there and tinker around. Um, the final, the final fucking level in Hitman this year is so good. I want to talk to you to y'all about it so bad, but I don't want to spoil the conceit because it's it's so good someone radicalized that hitman team let me tell you there is some there is some in a good way in a good okay. way okay all way. right Setting uh, the high bar there austin just wait until i tell you what this fucking final stage is it's
3: ripped from the headlines but in a good way uh, um hey um breaking news yeah. i'm gonna force us to do something okay. right now okay i'm gonna drop a Uh-oh. link and we're all gonna some watch this terrible. together we're gonna click three two one we're gonna react in real time to the Detective Pikachu okay. trailer that the internet is flipping the fuck right, out on about right now. Do you want to count us in here? Let's right, so load it up. Do you want to count us in? Hold on.
1: Okay, I got, I got it ready. I'm so. This is a movie, right? This is a movie with Ryan Reynolds
3: voicing <sighs>
1: Pikachu. Not any of the What if this
2: just turns out to be two minutes of reverent silence? That's a bad podcast. It's
3: you know. <laughs> I think we got to bring
1: ourselves. That, that will to be this our world. own. Austin's frozen. On, He's um,
2: already overcome by <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Austin's <laughs> like, Austin, are you still there? No, we a- lose Austin. Austin was overcome. <laughs> like, Austin was, like, he started to watch this, and he was like, no, I need this in 4K. Hey, can you hear
1: me now? Hey. Okay, yeah. I'm uh-huh. now ready. I can't both take right. video and watch a YouTube video at the same time without my computer buckling anymore.
3: Okay, all right. That's that's what I figured. It seemed like as soon as you loaded the trailer, there. Yep, but it, I'm good to uh, go now. Okay. okay, all right. Three, okay. two, one. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the <that> charizard.
1: <laughs> the charmander, Patrick. Please. I'm sorry. So there's a, a baby. I'm too excited. This is so serious. It's. Uh, Ken Watanabe's here. Let them fight. They're making a Pokemon movie. And this is a, like a world really where this all one.
3: really happens.
1: This isn't like a world where d- d- Pikachu came to our world or something. No. He pulled a gun on Pikachu. I think it's no, a stapler. stapler. Okay. Come on. I don't like this. What's his voice? What is happening with Ryan his voice Reynolds. here?
2: I hate this. This I'm so <laughs> oh, excited gosh, for this movie. The...
3: <laughs> this premise is amazing. So he... <laughs> Why is he crying?
2: I'm getting serious first Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, I and that this. movie fucking rules.
1: That movie does rule. That was a good cliff. That movie made herb. it
3: okay to swear. It's true. This is Oh
1: <laughs> Mr Mime. <laughs> yeah, good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is Pikachu about to electrocute a p- suspect? It's
1: an invisible wall, because it's, it's a mime. Mr. Mime made an invisible wall. That's what just happened. That's a char- That's a Charizard right there. The one who's going to eat Pikachu. Correct. I guess I'm going to see this. That looks great. I
3: am, it's so weird. Kato I, says, I, I'm losing my mind. I've wanted Nintendo to do... This with their franchises, like not even just outside of the realm of the games they make, but like I wish they would take more risks with just like you just want all the characters that are sassy voices, but no, just like weird shit. Just characters. like let people go do something with these like big properties. And like, I don't know, maybe this ended up being bad. We're or, gonna or get rope. the Sonic
1: movie too soon, right? We, yes. we see the shots has gotta be soon
3: for that. I mean, Jim Carrey is gonna beat Dr. Robotnik. Come on, that's incredible. I am here um,
1: for Ben Schwartz is gonna be Sonic. It's gonna is be such great. a good pick. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all such good casting. Uh, did you see the, the shots, the, the shots of, um, from the production or whatever? Set, yes, where it's like actually yeah, in sets. a
3: Green Hill zone, the uh-huh.
1: city or something. It's... I'm very excited for this complete, from all for all of this bullshit. I'm just going to slowly watch the beginning of this, this trailer over and over again for details. There's a lot of that...
3: screen captures out. Like I checked over to Twitter and was just like, what's going on? But, uh, yeah, I, I share the sentiment that it's genuinely surprising that Nintendo is, like, letting something like this it's happen. It's just not what
1: I thought it would be. I thought this would be a movie about, a like, our world, and then a, a Pikachu shows up. And then there'd be lots of gags. Or a kid about, falls like...
3: into the Pokemon right. world. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. But uh, not Or that's, just... like, N- Nintendo's cinematic debut after, like, essentially being so, like crossed by the the original Mario Brothers film would be, like, this illumination. You know, the folks that do uh, the Minions movies and Secret Life of Pets, they're doing a Mario movie in a couple of years. Right, right, That makes sense. Like, they've already said, like, Miyamoto's, like, working with us on the story. Like, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But, like, this, like... (laughs) Is
1: it even in... It might even... Is this even in the, like... I want to know where this takes place. I'm, like, falling into traps of just... I need to know what the world is in this movie I, so
3: badly. I am going to show this this trailer to my daughter tonight. I am hoping she loses oh. her mind. I need to I need I need justification to go to this movie <laughs> as God. soon as possible. Okay, he's leaving. I'm I'm straight up
1: looking at uh-huh. his I'm looking at his his uh airplane ticket here. Le- uh, Leventown, Leventown. Where
3: is that at? Where is so, that at right, in the so Pokemon? right, so now this is in the world. post, but also it seems like they're in Japan. Like right,
1: right. God, I don't. Okay, Rhyme um, City is a is a major city in the Pokemon. Oh, that's the setting of Detective Pikachu the game. Am I gonna have to go fucking play this Detective Pikachu game now? I don't is think it based so. on the game.
3: N- I think it's just ripping the premise. Like the idea. Are that you sure? I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. But I'm pretty sure it's just like ripping the premise of like. Oh my uh,
1: god, I just read the fucking opening line of the plot of the fucking Pikachu game, Detective please. Pikachu. Have you ever read this?
3: No. Maybe two I months, did, it's been
1: a while. Two months prior to the start of the game, Harry Goodman and his partner Pikachu get into a car accident while investigating a case leading to Harry's disappearance and Pikachu losing his memory and his ability to use moves. Tim Goodman, Harry's son, comes to Rhyme City in search of his missing father. I think they just made this game into the movie. I'm gonna play this game now. I'm gonna, f- or at least watch someone else play this game now.
2: It's not. It's and a 3DS it, game. The right? fact that they went yeah. with like a like neo noir like yeah palette and shot composition for this is really weird to me.
1: Who is directing this movie?
3: Um, it was. Uh, I don't know who's directing. I know the script was written by. So everyone associates Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn. But the yeah. original script for that film uh, was written by like an in-house Marvel Studios writer whose name is escaping me, and she, she wrote the Nicole script for Perlman this, is yes, her Nicole name. Nicole Perlman, yeah. Um,
0: Interesting.
1: Uh, she also wrote the first draft and is oh, doing the, the first Captain Marvel, Marvel on Captain movie, Marvel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then it's being directed by Rob Letterman, who directed. 20, 2015's Goosebumps and 2010's Gulliver's Travels and
3: so Monsters of Aliens is a totally competent like fun okay kids movie yeah um and Goosebumps also is a totally fun totally okay. competent kids movie so like cool it's not it's this where could this be movie the goes wrong is not going to because like the the directing is off <laughs> okay
1: um I'm so here for it it's cursed in so many ways
3: but so was life. Uh, I, I'm. I, you know what? 2018 is fucked in so many ways. But if that's this timeline, also means that we get this. You know. <laughs> Well, like, here's the thing is, like, I like this
1: so much more than if they had just done a straight-up Pokemon movie. Right. Like, this is – I mean, they did that. It's animated. There's lots of great animated Pokemon content out there. But, like, in terms of a live-action movie, this premise, this being, like, this weird side door into the world of Pokemon is so much more interesting to me than if they had to, like, do the movie where, like, they explain what Pokemon, you know, are. And then, like, this kid shows up in the world of Pokemon. He's like, whoa, what are Pokemon? You know, people fucking know who Pikachu is. He's Pikachu. So and its'm cool. here and
3: like for it. it is cool just as someone that's seen these characters for so many years to see them rendered it's not realistically but it's like it's definitely like closer to that's it's just it's the opposite of the aesthetic that Nintendo has harnessed you know in the years since Pokemon mm-hmm. started like this is something completely different in a way that is like just that part like the movie would be worth seeing just to see yeah. like, a high end. Uh, a team, like CGI team, like forced to like render them in a weird aesthetic. Like the movie will be worth it just for that.
1: Yes, definitely. I'm in here for, I'm I'm all the way in, I'm all the way in. All right. Uh, Do we have anything else to talk about today or has detective Pikachu taken us, taken us over the, over the breach,
3: over the break? Uh, A brief shout out to the gardens between, which is a game that's on switch and PC and probably some other platforms. It's a uh, puzzle game in which the, the, the short, like the, the pitch on it is that, uh, you largely can only move left to right. Now, the characters in the game will jump and duck and play and interact with things. And what, you, the, the, what you're trying to do is, like, get that stuff in order. So, like, there are brief things you can interact with, with, like, the A button that will change a part of the world. But it's a lot of, like, things are happening in the world that, like, change based on... As you move, you know, right to the right, the time goes in a certain direction. As you move left, it goes backwards. And, like, there's just a lot of really fun puzzles. It's not particularly complex, but it's, like, really delightful uh as someone that doesn't likes easy lift on on puzzle games that make me feel smart but like bounced off the witness because it was just too much for me um i I really enjoy i'm really enjoying my time with the the gardens uh between which i'm i'm playing on switch it's totally great on there um and so i would if you're looking for that sounds like something up your alley uh i would recommend checking it out
1: rob can you read this mike drucker tweet you just (laughs) dropped in the chat
2: Oh, it's so much. Atop a satellite dish in South America during a thunderstorm, the criminal holds out his gun, looking. You can't hurt me, Pikachu. I'm ground type. Pikachu appears behind him and slits his throat. Looks like you're a ghost type to me.
1: <laughs> so fucking good. So again,
2: this movie, would it, it could be trash,
3: but it will be worth it for the memes. It'll uh-huh. be worth it for the culture around this movie.
1: <laughs> I saw Pixels in in theaters. This is going to be better than Pixels. I can already tell you that. So I'm here for it. Um, do we want to argue about Waypoint 101? We, I have two. Other, I oh, yes, we should argue about way. Well, we should talk about Waypoint 101. We should figure out what Waypoint 101 is going to be. Maybe probably won't do that right this moment. Uh, but. We should. I do briefly before off of Nintendo's figured out how memes work, uh-huh. um, which they certainly have this year. Boy, the year of fucking Nintendo memes by way of Balzette. Uh, the by Smash way Brothers of... trailer. The Smash Brothers trailer is the big one. The one. So they released a Smash Brothers trailer last night. Did, did you see this? Well, this and is does... two. Both
3: the cinematic right. trailer for the adventure mode. Yes. And and then yes, I I've seen inklings of the TV commercial, but I haven't watched it yet.
1: So the TV commercial didn't have music in it it only had sounds the characters made weird which means it's and it's a minute long which means it's great for layering songs on yeah. top of and retaining the sounds of like a pokeball being opened or bowser showing up and roaring so like they basically released b-roll like the
3: green screen version
1: green, of a yes yeah the the meme the audio meme equivalent so mean now people screen. Are just, tossing whatever songs they want on there and they're all good they all work like there's a lot of good stuff out there people should look those up i just want to like there is something very savvy about it And i'm not saying it's capital g good i don't think like there there are times when i have to put on my like hey this is my philosophical you know political theory cap and there are times when i have to like stand back a bit and be like yeah, Nintendo's pretty fucking fun. Nintendo, you, you fuck, you figured it out. I don't know if it was intentional or not to release the version without audio or without music, in order to encourage people to add their own
3: and share it. But you know, but they're, you know, what they're, they're doing the is they're not. Effect. They're not getting in front of it, right? Like so, it's like right. even if some of this stuff they're backing into in a way that there's probably a, it's a mixture of them wanting it and and then probably an unquantifiable amount of just like it's a happy accident. But yeah. it's also them not coming out and, like, ruining the fun. Like, they're letting people have fun with it, which is a different type of Nintendo.
1: It is so weird to be pro—not pro-Nintendo. I've had a good year with Nintendo. Like, the last two years have been years where I've been like, hey, I'm like, yeah, Nintendo. I like I like my Switch. I really love Breath of the Wild. I love the memes. Um, but, like, I don't have a deep fondness for Nintendo. I think a lot of people—like, I—, I was more of a Genesis kid than a Super Nintendo kid. I never really, really loved Mario outside of Mario 1 and 2 and 3. Those are like really my Mario mm-hmm. games and I liked Super Mario World, but I, I, by then I was already an Edgelord. A uh, uh, like <laughs> uh, preteen edgelord who was like, this is too colorful for me. I'm gonna be over here in Chemical Plant Zone. That's where <laughs> that's where we that's where we adults hang out. Our, we mature kids hang out. Um, so yeah, but it's been it's been cool to see them figure this out. Rob, you're right, waypoint one oh one Oh, no, briefly, one last thing, which is, talking about resourcing, uh, my understanding is the team that made Hitman 2 is, like, fairly small in composition. It's not this huge, sprawling, rockstar-level thing, and I was going to bring that up in relation to the Mumbai stuff, where, like, I hope that they get resources to do better on that stuff in the future, and same thing with Columbia, where, like, you cannot just have, like, a shaman show up and, and let you be the shaman and exploit people's beliefs and assume that that is, like, chill, please do better on that front. Also, it is wild to me that we live in the world where Warner Brothers published The Quiet Man instead of Hitman 2 this year. One of those games is fantastic, and the other one is The Quiet Man, and it's it's so much. People should please check out video of The Quiet Man because it's out there. It's available now. I've watched that whole game through. Yeah, I don't uh, think I need to... No,
3: I played I, enough I played, of it. I think I just I need played, to go back. Yeah. I, I remember the holidays I going to watch Giant Bombs play through of it and yeah, see the rest uh, there.
1: The Giant Bomb East played through the whole thing. You should watch them do it. It's part of their their extra life stream this year. It's it's a fucking weird thing and it's so depressing to me that that like um it was it was not Warner, it was Square. Sorry, I said Warner Square decided to publish The Quiet Man instead of publishing uh, not instead of like I'm sure there wasn't a choice between them it was like oh, which of these two projects but what they did do was cut uh, uh-huh. I O and and continue to make uh, the Quiet Man and it's just so hard to see those those two different realities in front of us and that this was the one that they that they walked through the Quiet Man by the way like there are some some fuck ups in Hitman. The The Quiet Man is like front to back about like a beautiful white blonde boy beating up Hispanic uh, uh, quote unquote thugs, uh, Latinx thugs, uh, and and trying to avenge his mother, who is also his the same actress plays his girlfriend in this game. It's a lot. It's yeah. It's choice, my guy. They who they go for it in some ways. It's bad. It's bad. Anyway, that's my last thing on that, Rob. Waypoint 101. What are we doing? You're muted again.
2: <laughs> I keep doing that because I just get... I, I start watching too much through uh, through, through my headphones. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm not... I don't know. I'm not sure. I so had the we idea of change of pace. What if we play like a little cooperative game? Uh, Waypoint, you know, Collective 101. I would love um, to do...
1: Yeah, I really like that idea. I do like the idea of a a co-op game only because it would mean we would play some of it together, and that would be fun. We'd do that as a stream, maybe. Um, I guess, like, let me just let's go over the one-on-ones we've done. Does that make sense? That way, we just get our heads around it. We've done Red Dead. We did Shadowrun Dragonfall. We did Mad Max. We did Fortnite. (laughs) We did Metro twenty thirty three. We did Zombie U. Uh, we did some movies. We did Blade Runner twenty forty nine and and uh, Black Panther. I don't know if I really count those. Yeah. Uh, we did Wolfenstein, um, uh, New Order, and New Colossus. Uh, New Colossus we only sort of did. Like we we yeah. did a spoiler. We we kind of did right. Yeah,
0: yeah. we did. Is that right? I yeah, okay.
1: And then we did Binary Domain. Yeah. Uh, sure so did. pretty healthy. Sp- well, a lot of games. A pretty healthy spread of. Um, international developers, Western uh, Eastern European, uh, uh, Japanese. but we've been pretty heavy on like pretty big like B and A tier games in terms of size. I guess shadow run is not that. Um, but by and large, lots of action games, lots of shooters, for sure. Those are things I'm trying to be really conscious of for this next one. Because I'd like to get us out of our like safety zone a little bit, out of our out of our, our liberal bubble, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Really trying to trying to open up the the marketplace of ideas for us, uh, so see what sticks. Um, I don't have anything; nothing jumps out to my Like, there's a huge list of games I love, and we have a great thread on the forum that, if you're listening, please go contribute to it. That is just like here's a, here are games that we should play. Uh, here are some some good suggestions, and those include a range of things, including a lot of stuff that I know I love already. Like someone most recently suggested Far Cry Two because it's the ten year anniversary of Far Cry Two, and like I would love to talk about Far Cry Two with y'all, but like I, we I've, we've done so many shooters that I'm trying not to fall into that trap again. Um, Patrick, do you have any thoughts on this?
3: No, I think. But I, I think when we talked about this pre-show, you know, I found the same. But I was like, I I, I don't know. I'd like people to, to throw some suggestions at us that like would. I'd like to play something that challenged us in a way that like I think Red Dead was a fun one like especially for you and me because yeah. we loved that game and then to watch the veil drop was uh, enjoyable. Um, so I don't know, but I, I I'm I'm open to suggestions and I I guess I'd like to throw it out to folks who they think would be interesting, but yeah, something that maybe both fulfills the role of shying away from. I mean, not necessarily away from like AAA. Like maybe there'll be something we go, oh shit, yeah, that 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 would totally. be totally um, a really good one. Like um, I'll be
1: honest, Rob, you suggested Syndicate to me, uh, the cyberpunk EA's yeah. cyberpunk shooter. Um, uh, I forget who who's the dev on that. It wasn't Team it was, Cyber uh, Heists.
2: Oh, that was Starbreeze.
1: Starbreeze, yeah, thank you. <clears throat> uh, partially for its its co op mode, which is a fantastic mode um, that I I try to play at least once a year. Um but I've played that game so many times and it feels like it's such like a it seems to be in my mind so in the wheelhouse of Wolfenstein, Metro, um uh even a little bit of zombie you in yeah. that like it's like oh it's a stylish, like off-the-beaten path first-person shooter. So I'm resisting it a little bit, but you know, if there's overwhelming support for it, it's not something I'd say no to. Um so yeah, go in that thread. That's that's at discourse.zone, you'll see there's a thread called Games for Waypoint 101. <clears throat> also, just reply at us uh, on Twitter,
2: um, and and let us know what you think. Also, um, we've completely, I think, probably missed on platformers, yeah, uh, racing games, adve- like adventure games, point and click, and otherwise, point and click adventure games, um, and otherwise, yeah, totally, yeah. Um, puzzle games, strategy we're very,
1: games, very na- strategy games is huge for sure, and very narrative heavy, um, which I like because it's stuff I like, but no, I'm happy to it, but yeah. do something else, you know, uh, yeah, strategy games is definitely not represented here. Um there's like RPGs in the more traditional sense, <clears throat> whether Western or Japanese. Um I guess we have we have Shadowrun. That's that's that was an RPG. But yeah, so give us give us a note there. Give us a note on Twitter. Um and I guess I'll, I'll spin this into our outro. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore walker. Where can people find you, Rob?
2: At Rob Zachney.
1: How about you, Patrick?
3: At Patrick Klumpik.
1: You can follow Kato at A underscore Kato underscore appears. Thank you to Kato for doing production on this one on a quick turnaround. Uh, you can do, uh, you can follow all, everything we do at twitter.com slash waypoint, uh, facebook.com slash waypointvice. You can read all of our stories at waypoint.vice.com. Um, you're going to have to read them because you can hear them losing my voice suddenly. It's very good. I don't know what happened here. I think that Detective Pikachu trailer took it out of me. <laughs> I feel like I've been infected by some sort of voice stealing, which is the Pokemon that steals Austin's voice. Can you find that out for me? Please find that out for me. and Let me know by writing into gaming at vice.com. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Shout out to Bowen for letting us use the track. Miss you off the EPPail machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Danielle's not here to take us out, so I'm going to need one of you two to do that. No one has anything. No one has a no one has (laughs) a. Rob's
3: usually the one that has the thing at
1: the end. It's going to you now, Patrick. It's gonna
3: be you. What do you gotta say? Alright, be good and be good at it. Peace.
2: It's okay, we can cover this up. up. I'll drop a Pokeball next to this guy. And then it'll be justified force.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ! You have to have a Pokeball you have to have something in the Pokeball to keep one in his
2: hat just for this just right. for this
1: eventuality. I keep, I keep a fucking rapid in here. Why do you think you fucking wear this?
0: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all.